Hey team, welcome back to the show. Today it is Coach Andrea and I back for another Q&A. Andrea, it is great to be back on the mics. It's been a while since we recorded a Q&A, but I'm excited to get into it. Now, I know the day is a little bit more um, hectic of a day for both of us, so we're just going to go ahead and skip the small talk and get right into <laughs> the Q&A. Um, I'm going to kick the first question over to you, which is <clears throat> how to progress lower body movements when upper body strength limits the movement. So a goblet squat is what she put in parentheses. Yeah. Usually in that case, I would choose different movements, honestly. So, um, like a goblet squat, that is going to be the limiting factor. Um, like a front squat, your elbows or arms are going to be the limiting factor, maybe even your core. So it really just comes down to exercise selection where you pick movements where the limiting factor is, whatever movement you're working or whatever muscle you're targeting in that movement. So, um, where it can still be a movement that I like to use, but your hands could be limiting factor. Um, I would just use some straps and that's going to help in things like, um, uh, RDLs or, um, any type of pulling movement at all. Yeah. No, I don't think I have much else to add to that. I would do like a hack squat or leg press again, like look at what's the, what's the adaptation that you want to drive from that. Um, what's the tissue that you're trying to grow? Um, how can we make sure that that's the limiting factor? But the thing is like a goblet squat specifically, it is incredibly rare that you're going to be able to load that up heavily enough to where your lower body is the rate limiter and your upper body isn't. So I would honestly just choose a different movement at that point. Sometimes for like teaching purposes, I guess I can't say what for. I know people are some people are fans of the goblet squat. I'm sure it has the applications, but pride per tree, uh, not my favorite movement by any means. Anything else to add there? <clears throat> nope. Cool. All right, what you got? All right. Um in a calorie deficit and not losing weight on the scale, but lost an inch. Okay. Yeah, I think the time frame there is important. Um we do have a lot of our clients take measurements when they're in a fat loss phase. But also I would look at like, how long has it been that you've lost an inch? Typically what I look at is like, <clears throat> we'll want to lose an inch or more. I consider that like a successful week of fat loss. So we're typically trying to lose like 0.5 to 1% of our body weight per week. Uh, really like closer to like one to one and a half inches is typically what I'm looking for is like, if the scale didn't move, but like, this is another sign of success. And I would also look at like, what other variables could be implementing your scale weight, like we're eating later than normal. Are you take, are you looking at your weekly averages and not just like wait at wait on this Friday versus wait last Friday, right? Are we looking at those averages and are those averages trending down? I think those are super important variables. Um, but also like just measurements typically, unless it's accompanied by like visual changes in progress pictures, or it's a large change. Like I think when it's like, Hey, where, unless it's like you lost an inch from one site, Right. But I think it's like, it would also depend on if it's an inch total or an inch from one site. Right. If it's like, Hey, we lost more than like a half inch, like three quarter inch from like multiple sites. That's where like a half inch plus from multiple sites. That's typically a good sign. Like, yeah, we have lost some body fat, but if when it's like a quarter inch, it's also so easy to just bullshit yourself on measurements and like, well, I want to have lost this week. So I'm just going to pull this a little bit tighter. So I honestly wouldn't take too much stock in that unless it was just from like two measurement sites or less if it was like cumulative across like eight measurements and again it's like an eighth to a quarter inch from each personally i probably wouldn't take much stock in that and i would say again like first we need to revisit adherence how well are you sticking to protocols um if it was like a 
hey, I've been losing pretty quickly on this intake, or I've been losing like at a reasonable rate on this intake, like that 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week um, for the last three, four weeks. And then suddenly I saw just like a hard stop, but I know I truly stuck to the plan. I hit my steps. I nailed my macros. I wouldn't stress it. I would say at this intake, because again, it probably then what's going on is you probably did lose some body fat. It's just by masked by something like maybe where you're at in your cycle. Um, because again, like metabolic adaptation will happen very slowly. It won't just be like a sudden halt. It'll be like slow rate of loss, slows and slows and slows and kind of comes to a creeping stop. So if that's the case, I would stick it with those macros. But if it's like, Hey, I'm truly nailing everything and I'm just really not seeing changes here, or I just started this deficit and I'm not seeing those changes, then I probably would. We work through all that. I probably would get a little bit more aggressive. Anything to add there? Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add there. That was pretty thorough. I would say, like like you said, you kind of touched on for a second, what are the variables could be affecting the scale weight? So if this is like just one week to the next, it's not over a longer period of time. I would look at, are you brand new to training? And now like you have some, like you're sore and inflamed. Then you could see some change in measurements without needing to see change on the scale weight. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, just w- without going down like all of those different rabbit holes, I think that um, like what you said there at the very end where like, are you really sticking with the protocols? Um, and if so, and things aren't moving, then just probably need to get a little more aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I fully agree. Um tips for women on reverse shifting mindset from under eating. And so reversing mindset or shifting mindset from under eating and over exercising. Yeah, it's tough if that's something that you've been focused on for a very long time. Um, anytime that that's the issue with, I mean, most of the time with reverse dieting with women, I would say, um, clients, that's going to be something that we're talking through because because it is difficult to go like, okay, well, I've been trying to lose weight my entire adult life. And now you're telling me to increase my calories and just accept that we probably will see a little bit of a, a bump on the scale. So I don't think it's just one like little sentence I can give you to flip that mindset. It's just a continual conversation. And then also um, just the understanding of like logically, if you are adding a couple hundred calories above where you're, where you were losing weight, that's not going to put you into a calorie surplus. And all of a sudden you're going to uncontrollably start gaining body fat. Um, and then also just knowing and understanding, like you can't always be hammering away at a deficit because eventually that's going to become really unproductive. And then you have the worst of both worlds where you're not eating enough food. You're always feeling like you're trying to restrict, but then um, maybe adherence isn't there, or you're just like not seeing any, any progress from that anymore. And so you're kind of like at a standstill, like, do we want to keep restricting and not seeing anything positive from it? Or we can go to a different phase and start to focus on building muscle tissue, which is probably going to get you closer to the physique that you're after anyway. So I guess like all, all that to say, like I said, I don't have any one thing that I think is helpful for that. It's just, um, understanding why you're doing it and, um, kind of trusting that your body can handle eating more than deficit calories without ballooning up like crazy. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes down to almost like the why am I doing all this in the first place, right? Why am I dieting? Because I think a lot of times it's and then kind of working through what am I afraid will happen if I stop dieting? Um, because I think it's easy for it to just be kind of like this nebulous fear of like I always diet and it's just something different. But I think you have to first work through like, okay, what's the worst case? What's the bad thing that could truly happen? Like worst case is like, if you saw yourself, like now you probably will, even if you've been in a deficit, which in this case, it sounds like probably more right around maintenance than anything else. You probably won't even see much weight gain, but if you did, um, cool, you could just pull the calories back down. Right. It's not like you're going to just suddenly overnight gain 20 pounds, which I think is kind of like a, a fear that's oftentimes like just unaddressed, but in the back of people's minds is like, what if I just like overnight, just completely lose all the progress I've ever made. Um, so I think working through that again, like what's the worst case that could actually happen? I think that's important to be able to kind of move through this into the next phase and then understanding like, again, like, okay, what do I want? Why am I doing this in the first place? And is what I'm currently doing moving me towards that goal? Right. And then, because it's, I think it's so easy to just work so hard at something for years and years. And in this case, like trying to achieve your physique, trying to achieve like whatever your physique goal is, but we have to assess like, Am I working on the right things? Is it actually moving me towards that? There's a reason we talk so much around how important it is to take time away from dieting because most of the women we work with, like their physiques completely morph when we focus on really teaching how to feel yourself, really building muscle, right? Fat loss oftentimes is part of the equation, but most of like transformations we share, those individuals have spent a lot more time in uh, focusing on building muscle, eating more food long-term, like from a, from a health perspective, right? Like your metabolism will be in a better place. If you're not constantly dying, hormonally, you'll be in a better place. You'll be able to build more muscle. Um, so your physique, the shape of your body will look different and better, right? That's, there's just like way all the pros and cons, I would say of what happens if I stop dieting versus what happens if I continue dieting. If you continue dieting or like continue saying this restrictive mindset, like, is that really moving you forward? Or are you kind of just staying in the same place? Right. And then understanding any, any type of change is typically uncomfortable. So there's going to be some dis- degree of discomfort. And again, like you feeling that way, like, oh, this is challenging. This is uncomfortable. That's probably a good sign that we're growing and changing. So that's really how I would look at it. Um, and typically kind of how I try to frame it to clients. Is there anything else you want to add there? No, I think that was great. Okay, cool. Um, progressing small muscles. I can curl 10 pounds for 20 plus reps, but can't even get 12 and a half up. Hmm. I think that sounds like a muscle, like a, a mental block more than anything else. I would say if you can do like tens for 20 plus reps, unless it's like, yeah, no matter what, I think it's probably just like a mental block as much as anything else. Um, if you're doing a small muscle group, like honestly, what I would say is just like, try to use sloppy form and just like swing it up and just like show yourself like, oh, wow, I can't actually lift this. And then I don't know. I think it's more, I would say, honestly, that's just more mental than anything else. Do you have any, Did they say they other? could do tens? For yeah, they could do tens for twenty plus reps, but can't get the twelve and a halves up. With that kind of stuff, I I think a lot of times the next weight up feels like it's so heavy that you just assume that you can't do it. But if you actually like get it started, you can do more reps than you think. It's kind of like whenever you're doing leg press, if your max is. 300 pounds, then 200 still feels hard. <laughs> it's not that that 200 all of a sudden feels like super easy just because you can do 
way more weight than that. Um, and so like, if you get it started, like it is going to feel really hard, but you can probably do more than you think you can, but okay. Let's say they truly cannot even get one rep, even if they start it with some swinging motion, um, use some bands around the ten, the tens and curl tens and the band together, use a machine and use a curl, a bicep curl machine, like use different movements to gain strength, um, along with doing those tens for 20 reps. Um, and, and also like take those for 21, 22, 23, like add reps, even though you've gotten up to like 20 on the tens add continue to add reps. And then eventually you go back to those 12 and a half and you'll be able to do it. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. I don't think I have anything to add there. I would say really though, truly, it's probably I mental. Think it's, yeah, probably a mental <laughs> yeah. block as much as anything else. Because that's a pretty big, like if you can do 20 plus reps, two and a half pounds lighter, even with the smallest muscle groups, we will likely be able to do at least a rep there. Um, what's your favorite genre of movie, Coach Andy? <laughs> uh trying to think of movies that I've liked recently. Um, I like kind of all kinds of stuff except for scary movies. Um, anything that's not scary and doesn't have a ton of like gore, I will yeah, like. Not a gore just person. Just has to be no, no, I Me can't either. stand that kind of stuff. But really, everything else, if it's a good movie, I like it. Yeah. Um. And and also not um mysticism. <laughs> really, I like mysticism. I enjoy. I know. That. Not like satanic. <laughs> Why are you surprised? Stuff. Not like satanic type stuff. Stuff that's terrifying. But like, like well, like define mysticism. Like, like Lord We're, of the Rings. This has been a consistent conversation. Just like magic. Team. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, that kind of stuff. Not really. You just don't believe in of. magic or what? I'm dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. No, I definitely go with magic. (laughs) I definitely can't do gory like movies or stuff either. Like Katie will like sometimes like talk through like the operations and shit she's done in the day. And it's crazy. Or she was telling us that like for her like rotations, um, she had one that was like a hip and knee because she's a PA and she had one that was like a hip and knee. And according to her, like when they're like operating on someone's hip or knee, they're just like going at it with like hammers and like these yeah. giant saws and there's like fat and stuff just flying all over. And you have to wear like a spacesuit type thing to like, it sounded just disgusting. Like yeah, literally it would just be like a horror movie. Just like every day you show up for work, but I don't know. She's like, it's cool to her. So um, good on her. I don't know how, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, I mean, I like, I like action. I like comedy. Um, I do enjoy mysticism. I would say like more like shows than movies. Like Game yeah. of Thrones is probably my all-time favorite show. I really like Secession too. I know you're. Did you finish it? Oh yeah, yeah. I did right after, and I, I was correct. Tom did. Get like, oh well, I don't want to ruin it for everyone. Sorry, <laughs> if you, sorry if you haven't too finished late. it yet. Uh, but incredible show. Um, the Boys. Have you watched that? Mm-mm, never even heard of uh, it. It's on Amazon Prime. There, it's like they kill superheroes, but the superheroes are actually terrible people. It's pretty. It's pretty gory. I don't know. I I like that a lot. Um, man, New Girl, another great show. I don't know. <laughs> Anything else out there we before just, we? We on? just watched Hijacked. That was pretty good. Or Hijack. It was good on um, Apple with Idris Elba. Okay. Good okay. One. He's a handsome man. 
Um, all right. What are some of your favorite moments as coaches? Anything that's oh. come to mind for you there? Uh, that's a hard question because nothing happens just in one moment. Right. <laughs> it's like everything is such a long process. And it's more just like you work with someone for like a year and then you look back and it's like, wow, we have made a ton of change. Um, but like at the same time, coaching is so rewarding though, because it is like so many like weeks and months where it's like the end result is it is such a game of slow gratification. But then there is, I think, typically a moment where it's like all of it came together, right? And like the client realizes it and they can really see it and like, I don't know. To me, that's always cool. I'll say, yeah, like, anytime you... I'll get like emails whenever somebody's wrapping up or something like that. And it's like <laughs> talking about how much I helped change their life and stuff like that. That's always really crazy. Um, yeah. I'll yeah. say a couple of mine, like if you still need some time to think, I would say a couple of mine would be like just working with my first, like one of my first clients when I was training people in person. Um he like always he just came in one day and he was like i always shop at j crew and i can never never be able to buy a pair of their pants because they don't make pants for fat people and i finally got my first pair of pants for j crew and he was just so stoked about it it was like such a little moment but i feel like for me that's always a special one because it was like and again i think this was in like 2014 but it was like for me i feel like that was like when a switch flipped like that day like just went home and like that was like i was really excited about it just like that for I don't want to get into it, but like, for me, that was like a big turning point in my life. And I feel like like that moment, for some reason, I felt like I like had a lot more purpose and led me, it was just like, a. it was, I can't even like explain it very well, but I just like, I feel like, like from that day forward, again, it's like such a small thing, but I feel like it like had so much clarity. And I feel like as a person, just like it's truly like a switch flipped and that like changed a lot for me. Again, we don't need to get too into that, but that was one for me. Um, say one of my first, the first client I got ready for a photo shoot, um, for a lot of reasons as well. Like that's one that always stands out to me. So she was what I think this was like in 2018 when I started coaching her, but like she was one of my like my first more advanced clients that I was working with. So like she started and she like had a huge following. She had written a book, like all this stuff. And I was like, I was like terrified. I was like, I had so much imposter syndrome. Like, can I like, can I like actually coach this person? And then like, we went through this entire process of like introducing her to hypertrophy training, got her ready for a photo shoot. And similarly, like her photo shoot, it was like, I'd never gotten anyone ready for a photo shoot before. It was like, I'd done my own photo shoot and that was basically it. Right. But it was like, yeah, no, for sure. I can get you ready for that. I'll figure it out. Right. And we crushed it. Right. And then it was just like such a cool, like, and after that, like her sharing about like how much I had changed her life and added to her life. And like that, I feel like that was a very rewarding moment for me. Um, but because again, it was like, I was so scared to do it but it just like all came to fruition i feel like that's always the theme is like with stuff like that it's just doesn't matter we just gotta take it on we gotta keep growing of course don't be negligent like if she was like (laughs) i don't know i need you to fix my 
I don't know, some life-threatening disease or something. That's a different situation. But anyways, anything else that stood out to you? Um, Yeah, photo shoots are always really fun because then you have a tangible end result that you can look at. Um, Helping people get pull-ups is a big one. Or like whenever I would train in person, box, I used to do stuff like box, box jumps and those um, like helping people get those was always fun because that's just like such a, yeah, such a big like point of fear before actually doing it. Um, I don't, you were working for then, right? Uh, like forties, not that old. Really? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Whenever I very first started, it was definitely an older crowd, like 60s and up. Um, But yeah, when I'm thinking, I did definitely did not have them do box jumps. And I don't do that anymore either. But um, that's just another one, I think, along with pull-ups, it's always fun to like help people get that for the first time because there's such a big fear with box jumps. Um, Hmm. I don't give a shit about box jumps. (laughs) Well, I don't anymore, but that's always something that we worked on a lot in person Uh, (laughs) that was the crossfit era of time but yeah i think the other one to me that always really i think every one of our team meetups to me i think that's always like i remember like the last the last time you guys were here when we all went to that steakhouse it was like Kate, I, when we moved into our first apartment in 2020, like before, before you had even joined the team, I remember Katie being like, I can't wait until we're like all at dinner with all your coaches at the steakhouse someday that with all of like the coaches on your team at a steakhouse someday. And I was like, okay, I don't really like, it's hard for me to see that happening, but okay. That's like an interesting thought. And then I, I feel like that was like, it was weird because it was like, Oh man, that's crazy to think about. And I feel like every time I'm with you guys, specifically when we meet up, it's crazy to me that just we have such a good team and I just like don't feel worthy to lead it. So that's always something that's kind of surreal to me, but I think that's the other one. Um, I'm again uncomfortable, so let's move on now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Last one. If you could tell the whole world one sentence, what would it be? I, I am so terrible with these kind of questions. It's like whenever there's a million different possibilities, my brain just goes blank and there's zero. Because I, I feel like anything that you could generalize to everybody, they're always like the super cheesy, like be kind or like that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if I have, really have a good so answer. Don't for be that. a bitch. Be, <laughs> yeah. Don't be soft. <laughs> Nothing. Lightweight, buddy. Lightweight. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Live big, uh, big. I don't know. That is actually a hard question. Because um, I feel like it's hard for me to think of something that's not super cheesy. Um, this is kind of a cheesy one, but I will say I think that one of the most impactful, just like the no one is coming to save you, I think for me was truly been one of the most like helpful kind of mindsets and just i remember like listening but i i again i feel this is pretty cheesy but still bear with me i truly think it is a very helpful like it's definitely helpful for like first world problem situations exactly (laughs) yes right where it's i think just like looking at our problems none of them are actually really that 
uh, most of them are. especially when we're i feel like for me stuff like this is hard because it's like at the end of the day it's training and nutrition we do take this very seriously but it's also like it's training and nutrition you know what i mean it's like we're we're dieting tracking macros because it's fun like imagine telling like a some starving person in a thorough third world country that like your your problem the hard thing you have to do today is like eat broccoli right or track <laughs> yeah. your food and they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about like you know what i mean i think yeah. like that for me is like when i complain about when i like catch myself complaining about stuff like this or telling myself that anything i have to do is actually hard I try to like think about that or like grandparents or great grandparents that like had to fight in wars and like do trench warfares or like bayonet people and stuff like that'd be i don't know it's just a completely different i so i feel like it's hard for me in that because it's like i think that's probably the best perspective to just look at it is like is it truly that hard it's all the like stuff when it comes to training and nutrition that's why like a lot of our outside of just like i think that's why a lot of our content isn't like trying to be motivational or because I think it's easy to just like take it too seriously. Right. Where I would like, not, I don't know if that's the right way. Like we take it very seriously, but again, I think it's, I don't know. Do you, I, I'm, I get what I'm you're saying. Yeah. It's it like trying to right size this issue. Like you're, you're thinking that this is like a really difficult thing to, stick with your meal plan over the weekend. Is it really that difficult whenever you right size that problem compared to everything else that could be going on in, in the world? Right. Right. No, exactly. Um, so I think just like that perspective is very important, but, um, anything else out there? No. Cool. All right. Well, that's <laughs> all we have for y'all for, uh, this week and we'll catch you guys next time.